Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Project Brief. I am your host Delta and I am also being co-hosted by Jeringo. Say hi Jeringo. Hi. Did I do Very it right? <laughs> if you don't know what the Project Brief is, it's a little episode that I host every now and then on the Boink Network Radio. And uh, it talks about Boink projects in simple terms, not all the fancy science behind it. Although, if you want me to start talking about it, I can. Uh, but uh, yeah, if uh, please leave all questions to the end uh, and uh, enjoy the show. Now, Jeringo, what's your favorite number? Uh, we've already had this one. It's, it's uh, two. Two? <laughs> yeah. Why is that? Is that because it's the uh, only even prime number? Yes. You go with yes. Okay. <laughs> well, mine is 42, and it's not because of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Bullshit. No, no, no. I've got a different reason. The reason is because in, I think it was in primary school or something, when we were learning our multiplication tables, I said, this stuff's pointless. I can just use a calculator. But I saw, I saw um, on the seven and six multiplication tables, I saw seven times six is 42. And something in my primary school mind thought, huh, that's a pretty cool number. I'll remember seven times six equals 42. And here we are today. What a great story. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's why I just guide to the galaxy. Although I have right. to predict, I, I have a thing for predicting the past, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I leave all questions to the end, Jaring. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So today we're going to be asking the question that's on everyone's minds: Why are we searching for rakes? We don't know, <laughs> but I'll answer that soon. Today we're going to be talking about rake search. It's a point project, and it started all the way back in 2017, which is not that far back. Uh, it is a math project, and it's started by a research group in Russia. And this project is focused on finding orthogonal, diagonal Latin squares, and then graphing them by permuting them. What does that mean? We're about to explain that. And what does it accomplish? We don't know yet. That's a lot of the things. A lot of the things with the math project is that we don't actually know what this math is actually going to do in the future. Although there are some applications for Latin squares, which I'll come to later on. But first, let's do some counting. All right, Jeringo, here's One. a good question. <laughs> All right, how many ways can you order the letters A, B, C? Uh, one, two, three. I'm gonna go with twenty-eight, two hundred and eight, six thousand. <laughs> You're going too far, too far. I, I still have to ask you about A, B, C, D, and then A, B, C, D, E. 10,000. <laughs> okay, so to reorganize the uh, letters A, B, and C in a different order, there's six different ways. Okay, fair enough. Okay. A, B, C, D is 24. So if you were to switch the letters around, shuffle them, move them about, there's 24 different ways that you can do that, uh, 24 unique ways. And then A, B, C, D, E is 120 different ways. And then it goes on from there. Now, the reason why this is the case is because let's say you have, in the case of A, B, C, you have three slots. So you can put the A and then the B and then the C. And you do it in order. So you put something in slot one, then something in slot two, and then something in slot three. You have A, B, and C. There's three different letters that you have. And so every time that you go and put something in, you have to make a choice. The first choice is out of three. So you have three choices then you put one in, and now you have two choices, so you put one in, and then now you have one choice. You have no other choice other than to put that one into the last spot. And so, therefore, you have three times two times one possibilities. And that's how you get six different possibilities for the orderings of A, B, and C. 
That's what's called a permutation. And what I just showed you was a factorial. The factorial of n factorial is just basically you take n, whatever number it is, in this case it was 3, and then you times it by itself and all the numbers below it. So n, uh, 3 factorial is 3 times 2 times 1. 5 factorial, a, b, c, d, e, is 5 times 4 times 3 times 2 times 1. And this is important for Latin squares because we work with permutations all the time in Latin squares. So a permutation, a reordering of a, b, and c um, is, is a permutation. And a Latin square is a permutation of permutations. <laughs> so what that means is, if you want an example, for those of you that are here, you can write the following out on a piece of paper, or if you're in the recording, you can write this out. In uh, three different rows, write the following. A, B, C, and then underneath it, C, A, B, and then underneath that, B, C, A. And that is an example of a Latin square. And what we have there is three different permutations of A, B, and C, three different rows. And then if you go and look at that based on the columns, so if you go and look at it column by column, you'll notice that each of those is a perfect permutation as well. The only thing that isn't a perfect permutation is if you look at the diagonal, you have three A's, A, A, A. So uh, the important thing is that every row and column is a different permutation, and this has some interesting properties. Uh, now, diagonal Latin square is where the diagonal of that little box that I created, so where you have the A, 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 is its own permutation. And that's what Rake Search is looking for. They're, they're looking for diagonal Latin squares, and then they're also permuting them so permutations of permutations of permutations, and graphing the links between them. Now, Latin squares are used in certain situations. So uh, one example is for error correcting codes. Uh, what makes it unique for error correcting is the fact that they are in different permutations. So each different row has a different permutation. So there's an unambiguous mapping to different characters. So you can say A is equal to the first row, B is equal to the second row, C is equal to the third row. They're also used in statistics, in certain statistical tests, which are too complex for me to go into here, but uh, they are used in certain um, statistic measurements. Uh, they're also used for some board games. There's uh, apparently a board game that does use Latin squares as well. And uh, one that I actually came across from going to a little scientific talk is uh, actually used in scientific experiments. So some scientists will use Latin squares in order to make sure that the experiment is unbiased. And the way that they do this is like, let's say, uh, with the example that I came across. So they were testing whether a video game helps with something, or rather a um, set of steps within a video game helps something, and whether that order, the ordering of the steps, uh, uh, that, sorry, they don't care about the ordering of steps, but they care about uh, whether everything's unbiased. And in the game, you have to do a certain particular number of steps. Now. If everyone in the game does the same set of steps, it's possible that it could be biased. So in order, instead of just randomizing the steps that they go through, they chose to do a Latin square because that way every single person does a different set of steps. And so that's an example of one way that a Latin square can be used for scientific experiments. Now let's talk a bit more about rake search. So why is it called rake search? I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't find anything on it. Uh, they just chose the name rake search. But I will tell you that Rake Search has actually finished, and they have results. They have lots of results. Um, first of all, they've graphed all of the Latin squares with widths 9 and 10. So Latin squares with a row of length 9 and row of length 10. So a 9 by 9 and a 10 by 10 Latin square. They've uh, And by graphing them, they've mapped all the permutations to each other and found whatever they were looking for, the diagonal, uh, orthogonal diagonal Latin squares. 
Uh, and I can actually show you uh, how they've mapped them. Just give me a sec to grab the picture. So what this is here, it's a graph, not one of your fancy column graphs or line graphs or anything like that. This is a special type of mathematical graph. I think we talked about it before on one of my project brief episodes, uh, but basically it just connects nodes to other nodes. So there's little green dots here and each of the green dots re represents uh, one of their orthogonal diagonal Latin squares. And each connection to other green dots is a mapping to another orthogonal diagonal Latin square. And uh, they've mapped a whole bunch of fancy looking graphs here. And uh, you've got one that looks like a triangle. You've got one that looks like a mesh. Uh, you've got one that just looks crazy. Uh, and then you have one that looks like, uh, it actually almost looks like a flower to me. <laughs> so uh, they've made some pretty interesting results and they have published all their results onto their Boink website, uh, onto the project site. And uh, they also have a lot of slideshows that they did presenting on, and uh, that's where I'm getting all these uh, pictures and uh, results from. So um, they don't have just Boink and math results. They have also uh, engagement results as well. What they did was they tracked also their um, their usage statistics. So I'll show you a picture of exactly how many users were using the platform over the period of the project. Okay, uh, so here is a graph, and this one's a line graph this time. <laughs> uh, it shows uh, how many active computers were on the Rake Search project during its duration. And this is quite interesting. And uh, I don't know if other projects have done this too, but I think that uh, this is actually good research for engagement and stuff like that, because the graph that they made has a clear starting phase where not a lot of people started on the project and not a lot of people came on the project. Then you have the expansion of the project. So uh, Rake Search uh, added some badges uh, and then they were also included in certain Boink competitions as well. There's two big spikes on the graph and they were from the Boink Formula Sprints. And uh, for example, one of the spikes went from 400 active computers to uh, 1,200 active computers in literally overnight by the looks of it. Uh, and uh, they get as they get close to the end of the project, they start accumulating more and more users. They went from about 400 average daily users to about, what's that, that's 600 uh, average uh, active computers. And then the end of the project came and uh, the they call it the tail of the project and where it slowly drops off and the number of active computers drastically decreases because they ran out of work. Uh, as I said, Rake Search uh, has finished and it was successful. All the data is published so you can access it if you want. You can see all these pretty graphs that I'm talking about. Uh, will there be more tasks? Um, I've read that possibly they're going to look at going up a level. So they're going to start doing a Latin square of uh, dimensions 11 by 11 possibly. The only thing is they have to actually figure out whether there's actually anything there. And that's the problem. <laughs> so uh, yeah, with it's it's a bit more complicated. I won't go into it, but with what Rake Search is trying to find, it's possible that there's actually nothing there. So um, they have to make sure that there's actually something there, so that they don't want the crunches doing useless stuff. That didn't stop Seti. Ha! Got him. <laughs> hey, Seti was actually fun. <laughs> this stuff is just mad, <laughs> and I'm trying to make it fun. Doing great. Keep going. Yeah, well, uh, we're almost finished anyway, but this also brings up the issue of useless Boink tasks. Uh, it's been debated in the community a number of times that certain math projects don't actually do anything. Uh, and 
people would argue otherwise. Like, for example, amicable numbers. Uh, people might think, well, what are amicable numbers used for? Nothing much. We don't know yet. Uh, I'd like to use them for a bracelet <laughs> and we can connect two amicable numbers, give one to your partner. I'd want that so I can make a business out of it. <laughs> we can uh, take all the amicable numbers and sell them to couples who want a, a, a nerdy uh, Valentine's gift or something like that. Um, same with Latin squares. You can give a Latin square to your significant other if you want. <laughs> I'm sure they'd love it. But uh, yeah, there's a uh, there's a lot of debate between whether the math projects are actually useful or not. I'd say let the people decide if they want to if they want to have the novelty of crunching a math project because math projects are one of the most um, hands-on projects when it comes to actually making results. So your computer is uh, computers often in these math projects find discoveries on uh, quite quite often compared to other projects like Rosetta at Home and um, SETI at Home, which their results are sort of accumulated and sort of put into research. But in math projects, you either find it or you don't find it. And that's the sort of novelty of math projects that people like. Uh, but anyway, that brings us to the end of the episode. If you have any questions, please place them in the chat, or you can ask them in the voice chat. Next episode, I have no clue what I'm doing, and I'm looking for another project to do because I'm starting to run out. Uh, nobody asks which graph is the crazy one. It is. I was referring to the one in the top left. The bottom right one sort of looks like a flower. <laughs> I think Vitaly posted. I think is that an Enigma machine or something? <laughs> and that's not the type of calculator we use on the <laughs> in Rake Search. Looks like an Enigma machine, Vitaly. All right. Um, <laughs> Pete and Pete says, is there a project to work out how long the USA has until it ends itself? I don't know. <laughs> Um, Jeremy, do you have any questions about counting? Two, three. Four. No, I got it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I will say though that this uh, this last graph you posted really informative. I think other projects should do this sort of stuff before or as well. It's uh, it was pretty cool to see. Uh, well, I have another counting problem for you. Okay, I bought five new teas. Okay, let's say that I can mix my teas if I want to. I can mix any number of my new teas that I have. And uh, I can have just the T's on their own as well. How many different T's can I make from five T's, if that's the case? It's 120. No. <laughs> 2,000. Not 2,000. 6,000. Not a lot. <laughs> What's the question again? Okay, I have five... Different... I'm kidding, I don't... <laughs> I don't care, just tell me the answer. <laughs> uh, the answer is two to the power of five. If you include the case where I have no T at all. Wow. So to the power of five, that's 32, isn't it? I'm a computer scientist. I should know this. <laughs> I'll end it there. <laughs> if you want to listen to me brag about my T, because I got an interesting one today, uh, join the Boink Radio, where you can sit with me for 32 different days of the year and see the different combinations of T that I make. <laughs> All right. Have a good one, everyone, and I'll see you next time on the Project Brief.